All right, so today we are, <laughs> sorry, we are in part two of our series, Made for More. And we're going to be talking about God's purpose in the process. Throughout the Bible, we see God taking his time, taking his time with people, putting work into them, working through them. Let's take a look at someone that God put a huge calling on and how he developed them. We're going to be talking about David. And not King David. We're talking about young boy Shepherd David. David, not David. David. So we're going to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And to give you some backstory, God has rejected Saul and pulled his anointing from him. Saul is the current king of Israel. He's messed up, and God has decided he's pulling his anointing from him. And he tells Samuel about his plans for Israel. So 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel, go fill your horn with oil, and I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Saying, don't get caught up in what's already gone wrong. I have a better plan. And I'm going to choose you, Samuel, to go and get this plan started. So Samuel goes to Bethlehem and meets with Jesse. And Jesse presents his seven oldest sons. And they're all strong, tall, handsome, young men. And with each one of them, Samuel thought, surely this is the one that God has anointed to be our new king. Look at him. He looks great. Looks like somebody that people can follow. But God saw past the outward appearance of each one of those sons. He saw to their heart, and he said, that's not the one. That is not the one that's going to receive my anointing. Each one of them was rejected. So now let's jump to verse 11. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And Jesse said, there remains the youngest son, but behold, he's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and go get him, for we will not sit down till he comes in. And Jesse sent and brought him in. Now he was a ruddy, now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise. Anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took his horn of oil and, and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And then Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. See, at this point, David has been anointed. He was anointed with, by oil and it as custom, that meant that he was going to be the next king. 
he received the anointing from the, the high priest. And then the Holy Spirit rushed down upon him. God anointed him. He received a double anointing that day. He received the physical anointing that the world would recognize. And then he received the Holy Spirit anointing. anointing. But David didn't leave his responsibilities there and move into a palace. And he wasn't treated like a prince from that day forward. Samuel left him there. And he went on. David stayed behind and continued working in his father's fields, tending the sheep. If David had gone on to live in the palace, he wouldn't have received all the work that God was going to do in him leading up to him being king. He would have gone, he, would have, he still would have received the anointing, but that calling would have felt more like a curse because he was unprepared. Have you ever felt like there was a calling on your life? You know what it is. You feel ready to get into it. You're ready to get started. People have prayed over you. The pastor has blessed you and your calling. And now you're just waiting. You know, you're, you're at the line of scrimmage. You're ready to just go for it. But nothing's happening. You're, you feel like you're, you're stuck. You're not moving forward. You keep, looking, you keep looking for an open door, but you can't find one. That's because God is still doing work. And you might not see it, but he's still working in you. He's working for you. He's getting things ready. Think about it like this. How many of you have used a camera other than the one on your phone? I'm talking about a, a film camera. You had to manually load it. Yes, wonderful. Then you're going to understand this. That makes me happy. Have you seen the beautiful photographs that you can get from a camera like that? You don't just snap the picture and then out pops this beautifully framed photograph that's just ready to be put up on the wall. There's a process to getting that picture. It's not a Polaroid camera that you just click it, out comes the picture, you shake it, and you're done. Not counting what it takes to find whatever image you're trying to capture setting up your camera, waiting for the perfect lighting, making sure that everything is perfect. There are nine steps in developing that film to get that picture, at least nine. It depends on if you want to play with things. It could be 12 or more steps if you do more to that picture. Have any of you gotten to see that process? what they do with the film and how they process it? I have, it was pretty cool. In high school, they did a, a black and white photography class. And I wasn't in it, it was for, for juniors and seniors and I was a sophomore. But I had a friend who was a junior and I got to go in with him and see the whole process. It was an amazing experience. 
when he's developing his film, or when my friend was developing his film, he couldn't miss a step. Because if he missed a step, the picture was ruined. Mm -hmm. It was a mess. He couldn't rush anything. He had to take his time and be deliberate with each step he took. God doesn't want you to skip any steps in your life, in your calling. Because each step is vital. You may not see the importance of each step, but God sees the importance of each step. He sees the big picture, and he's using you to make that big picture. We are like that. God is developing us. He's getting us ready so that he can present us as this big, beautiful picture that he's framed in his glory to be a light to the world so that we're a, a reflection of him. We're going to stick with this theme of photography today. Do you know how that image that you're trying to capture with your camera, how that ends up on the film? First, you look through the viewfinder. You figure out what it is you're going to get. You know, you got your thing right there. You got to zoom in. You got to focus it so that you get just the right, the right picture. And then you push the button. But what happens inside the camera is pretty crazy. So there's a part called the iris. And that allows the light to come in. Okay, And then you have your shutter speed. That determines how long the shutter stays open, how much light is going to come in, how much exposure is there going to be. We are like that film. Whatever we're exposed to, it's going to be put onto us. The light coming in that the, that the iris allows in actually burns an image on the film. So whatever we're exposed to, the light from that is going to burn its image on us. If we are exposing ourselves to the world, letting all that hit us, that's the image that's going to be burned on us, and that's the image that people are going to see. But when we expose ourselves to the light of God, when we expose ourselves to his word, when we expose ourselves to the Holy Spirit, when we expose ourselves to his love, that's the image that's going to get burned on us. That's the image that people are going to see. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. In their case, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. It's like Satan came up and put his hand in front of their camera so that God's light couldn't come in and burn his image on them. They didn't get that light of Christ. The image that they got was not of God. Maybe you know your purpose. Maybe you know your calling. But what image are you allowing to be burned into you? What are you exposing yourselves to?
Remember, exposure is part of the development process. And God is using different things in our life, different seasons in our life, to prepare us for our assignment. Remember that there is purpose in the process. God doesn't leave things to chance. God doesn't roll the dice to see what's going to happen in your day. Nothing happens by accident with him. He already knows what we're going to need, when we're going to need it, and he already knows how he's going to provide it for us. There's three things that God's doing with us as he's developing us. The first one is he's building our character. In our development, our character will be tested. Let's go back and look at David. If Samuel had taken David back with him to Saul's palace, David would not have learned the value of protecting his father's sheep. He would have lost out on the learning of that responsibility, that he has to care for more than just himself. David would not have learned how to overcome lions and bears, so that when he was faced with a giant, he would have cowered in fear, just like his brothers did, just like the armies of Israel did, just like his king did. David was the youngest of his brothers. So favor would have fallen on his brothers instead of him. He had three brothers that were already in the army. So they would have already known what supplies Israel needed. They would have already known how to defend Israel. They would have already known what were the best places for the army to camp. They would have known how to, how to organize the supplies so that they get to where they need to go. But David knew how to listen to the one that was in control of it all. David knew how to listen to the one that sees it all. David knew how to listen to the one that created it all. Instead of living in a palace and people telling David how great he was, David grew up knowing how valuable he was to God. When the Israelites were facing the Philistines, what was the first enemy that David came up against. It wasn't Goliath. There was another battle before that. It was his brothers saying, what are you doing here? Go back and take care of our father's sheep. David's response, I am taking care of my father's sheep. I'm taking care of my heavenly father's sheep. I'm going to go protect you from the enemy coming to snatch you away. David also knew his skills, but he didn't boast about it. He was humble in this process. It says that when he faced a bear or a lion, David grabbed it by the jaws and then beat it with a club. If I'm going up against a bear or a lion, I am not going to try and grab it by the jaws. 
that is the last place I want to be near. But he knew that God had him. So he wasn't afraid of that lion. He wasn't afraid to grab it around the throat and say, not today, and then beat some sense into that lion. He knew that God was giving him the victory, and all he had to do was claim it. We need to develop character in God so that we know how to use the anointing that he's put on us, so that we know how to step into the calling that he has for us, that we know how to use the gifts that he has given us. The other thing that God's doing when he's developing us is he's teaching us humility. David had been anointed. He had received the Holy Spirit. But before he could become king, he had to learn what it was to serve. You might be the next in line, but can you wait patiently in line? Can you wait your turn? God is going to use you to kill giants. But first you need to run some errands first. First you need to, when your dad says, go take lunch to your brothers, they're out there fighting, go take care of them. And you say, okay, I'll be DoorDash. I'll take sandwiches to my brothers, make sure they're okay. Then I'll report back to you, let you know what's going on. David built a relationship with Saul first. He became a heart player. He soothed Saul's spirit. When, when Saul was overwhelmed, played him a nice song, calmed him down. But that built a relationship with Saul so that he could go up to the king and say, give me a shot. I can take this guy. He's not so big. He's all mine. I'll take him down for you. But he had to build that relationship with Saul. Otherwise, Saul would have just seen a crazy kid and had his guards escort him out. David served the king so well that he went from a heart player to the armor bearer to the commander of the king's armies. He didn't go in and demand a promotion. The Lord has anointed me, so I deserve this high spot. That's not what he did. I know there's a funny voice. I don't know where that came from. I wanted him to sound as ridiculous as that request would have been, I guess. I don't know. But he didn't go in and demand those things. He waited. He waited. He knew that the Lord was taking his time and that it would be given to him at the right time. The other thing that the Lord's doing when he's developing us is he's developing our devotion to him. God wants our heart. He wants you to want him. To long for a relationship with him. To have faith in his plan. To believe that when he sends us out to do his work, that he is going with us. He's not sending us out alone. He's not saying, here's your job, figure it out for yourself. 
I'm going to watch you fall. He's saying, here is your job. I'm going to train you along the way. I'm going to show you the things that you need to see. I'm going to tell you the things that you need to hear. I'm going to equip you with whatever you need to get the job done right. But this is still my job. I am overseeing it. So when I tell you do it this way, do it this way. Our God is the awesome creator of everything. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. John the Baptist told us that God create, could create sons of, sons of Adam, or sons of Abraham, sorry, sons of Abraham from the very rocks. If he wants it, he can speak it. If he wants it to have life, he can breathe it into it. But he's still jealous for us. He says, I see all the things that you're looking at. I see the things that are distracting you. I want you to turn your eyes to me. Look to me and I will give you what you need. Don't look to the world. The world won't satisfy you. If you're hungry, don't turn to the world. The world won't feed you. It'll leave you hungry. Don't turn to the world for warmth when you're cold. It will leave you cold. Turn to me and I will warm you up. I will bring you into my house. I will sit you at my table. I will take care of you. I will give you all that you need. We don't need to start grabbing at things for attention. We don't need to be working for a status that may never come from the world. We don't need to be clawing for a living. We don't, we don't need that struggle. God is going to help us out. I don't need that car so I feel important. I don't need that promotion so that people look up to me. I don't need that big house with all this stuff so that I feel full and satisfied because all those things will let me down. That promotion I got, I can lose that job. That car I got, it can be wrecked. That house I have, I can lose it all. But the salvation that I have through Jesus, so I can be with my Lord, that lasts for eternity. That can't be taken away from me. I can't lose that. Believe in the one that gives us our daily bread. Believe in the one that forgives us of our sin. He sent his son for us so that we could be called his sons and daughters. He is the one that deserves 
our devotion. If I had known that I was being called to preach and, and someday be a pastor, if you had told me that six years ago, I would have never stepped another foot in church. I would have ran. Because that's not an anointing that I wanted. That is not a calling that I was looking forward to. My dad was a preacher for over 30 years, a preacher and pastor. I saw firsthand the challenges that falls on somebody with that anointing. I saw the hardships they come up against. I saw the constant struggle with, I'm being, I'm needed over here, but I have to write my sermon for Sunday. I'm running out of time to do this. My family still needs me. My kids still need me. What do I do? I'm being pulled in so many different ways. I saw that and I did not want that. But God was developing said, okay, then what I'm going to have you start doing is serving the church in a different way. I'm going to have you go to a church that has to set up and tear down every Sunday. And then in that process of setting up and tearing down, you're going to build relationships. You're going to build relationships with the people there. And you're going to encourage them, and they're going to encourage you. And I'm going to grow you that way so that you're comfortable talking to people. then I'm going to build your relationship with me because they're going to tell you about their relationship with me and you're going to want that. You're going to long for that. So my relationship with the Lord began to grow. I felt more comfortable talking to him on a regular basis and not just telling him, Lord, I need this, but Lord, thank you for this. Lord, I'm having this struggle but I'm giving it to you. I became more comfortable letting go of the wheel and letting God do his work. And then the Lord said, I'm going to put you in a place where you have to get up here. Okay? And it's just going to be doing the call to generosity. But you're going to be comfortable taking a verse and sharing it and talking about it. And then I'm going to give you a little bit more. You're going to do announcements on occasion. That's more words you're going to have to say. That's a message that you're going to have to clearly communicate so that people understand it and they want to come. But I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to put a strong woman in your life that is going to teach you how to praise. So instead of singing like this, real quiet. I'm comfortable being in the front with my hands here or here and singing. I know I sang up here once for you, and I know that you're glad that Cynthia is the one that sings up here regularly, and it's not me leading you. I'm thankful that I'm not up here leading you, but I'm happy to have my voice heard as part of the group. I'm comfortable knowing that it doesn't matter what you hear. It's what God hears. And he hears me 
singing his praise. And all I have to do is be comfortable showing you, it doesn't matter what I sound like, I am offering myself to him. then I was introduced to the Holy Spirit and I got comfortable listening to the Holy Spirit and saying okay I'm ready do your work in me push me out so that what comes out of my voice whatever I speak is you but it was a long process it's been six years and the and lo, the Lord is still working in me. He's saying, Josh, I have this picture of what you're going to be. I know what it is. And it's going to look beautiful when it's done. But you're still in the development process. And I just need to be patient. I just need to be patient. And let God do His work. Because if I try to jump ahead, it's going to be a mess. It's going to fall apart. I need to be humble. I need to be devoted. And I need to let him build my character. So I can go from being the shepherd boy that David was to being whatever he has called me to be. Sorry, broke my mic. But I, I need to believe. I need to have faith that God is not done with me yet that he's not going to be done with me until he calls me home. That every day he is developing me. Every day is going to be a new picture. And every day it's going to start reflecting more and more of him and less and less of the world. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the work that you are doing in each one of us. I thank you for the calling that you have put on us. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit on everybody here. Lord, I thank you that you see the big picture. Lord, and that you've hidden it from us for now because if we were to see the whole picture, we would be terrified and we would run away from that calling. Lord, but instead you are developing us. You are getting us ready for that. You are constantly taking us from one step to the next. Lord, I thank you for growing us in patience. Lord, I thank you for growing us in humility that we say, it is not us doing this work, it is you doing this work in us. It is you doing this work 
through us. Lord, I thank You that You are devoted to us. Lord, that You you don't cast us away when we stumble. Lord, that You pick us up. That You turn our eyes to You. That we don't keep looking at that stone that we tripped over. You say, look to me and I will guide your steps. Lord, I thank you that in the midst of all your creation, you took time to create each one of us on purpose and for a purpose. And that the process that you're putting us through is on purpose, Lord. Everything that you do Everything that you have created is for a purpose. And I thank you that we get to be a part of that. I thank you that you have made us for more. For more than what we could do on our own, Lord. I thank you. I love you, Lord. You alone are worthy of all of our praise. You alone are worthy of all the glory. You alone, Lord, are worthy of all the love that we can give. Spirit that comes and guides each one of us. Thank you for that voice that tells us what to do, what's the next step. Thank you for that voice that reminds us that we are loved. I thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Gateway Sermon Podcast at our Gateway City Church, Clovis Campus. We'll be releasing a new episode every week, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next week.